The following audio is from the Grove Church. To find out more about our church or to check out previous messages, go to our website at grove.church. Christmas. That was way too gentle. Merry Christmas! Ho, ho, ho! Sorry, that's like Polar Express or Merry I don't know. Somebody Christmas. says it that way. I'm I'll bring out sure. my best Santa next anyway, time. Sorry. Yep. Also, want to say happy birthday to Aaron Den. Yes. Um, so, he is officially... 39, which means you have 365 days left before you're in your 40s, which is the same decade I'm in, so you'll be closer to Are you to 39 being... and holding forever? Yeah. No, you're ready to move on to 40 already? Yeah, I mean, hey, you look like you're hey. 40 but already, so. No, I'm joke. It was a joke. I'm kidding. You don't look a day over 19. It's, it can, it's amazing. So, <laughs> it's the oil of Olay that you use, rejuvenating something or other. I don't, I don't even know where to go from here. <laughs> well, it's so nice to be with all of you. I think about this sometimes when we gather together, but it's interesting to think that at no other time will this group of people be together in this room, probably. We're gonna add some, some are not gonna be with us at different times, but this is a unique blend. So to this morning, I am grateful for each of you for your laugh and your smile and your hug and the presence for all of us to be together today. I think it's so special. And, and Christmas gatherings, Eve, today is Christmas Eve. Last night it was the 23rd. I don't know if we've ever done a 23rd before, but yeah. this gathering is one of my very favorites, if not the favorite one that I have throughout the whole year. I love the moment that's coming soon when we will light candles and sing together. I think there's something so sacred and special about that. But there are a lot of things about Christmas I love. I, um, I love all of the sights and the sounds and the delicious things that we get to eat that we don't have all the other times of year. I love that everything sparkles this time of year. Glitter everywhere. I'm all about the glitter. Your and earrings the are very sparkly. I did notice that they well, were. Well, that's good. That was on purpose. And then, yeah, your bracelet that has some bling. Um, yes. So. And then. Yeah, absolutely. You can't have too many. And then her favorite movies, Rhinestone to, Cowboy. Uh, I made girls. that up. So, anyway. Okay. <laughs> Lots of things to love about Christmas. And undoubtedly in this room, everybody has different Christmas traditions, probably some that are a little bit weird. I wish that we had time to go around. I'm always the person at every uh, dinner party who's like asking icebreaker questions because I love to get to know people and how brains think because it's so different. Um, but I would love to know all the weird traditions that you have. So feel free to stop me in the lobby afterwards and tell me all your weird traditions that you have Weird, for but not awkward. Okay, be careful, because that can get like, I don't need to know this, TMI yeah, type yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, not too much information, so, but like fun things. Like on Elf or that special someone, like no, I don't need to just leave that part. No, definitely, definitely I don't want to know any of that. Yeah, but anyway, so, <laughs> Christmas a, is my favorite season, and I feel myself leaning towards it all year long. Honestly, from the time that my Christmas decorations get put away, I am looking forward to the next Christmas. But I know that that is not everybody. Lots of you, um, come January, and maybe even now, you're like ready to be done. You're already looking forward to the trees blooming, the flowers coming up. You're already looking forward to summer because you don't necessarily, this is not your favorite time of year. But if I was honest, I actually love all of the seasons. I love spring for the blooms. I love summer for the time off for my kids. I love fall and all the things that go into it. And what's interesting is I can be out on the boat in summer, enjoying lemonade, wearing my little boat hat, watching my kids uh, kneeboard and enjoying every last moment of it. And yet, part of me start to daydream towards fall 
and pumpkin things and pumpkin patches and um, and what carving pumpkins, absolutely. Yes, I am on board with all of that. I'm not very good at it, but I enjoy it. Um, all the things that go with fall. And why is it that we can be in one moment and really truly enjoying it, everything about it and wanting it to not slip away and yet also have a part of us leaning towards and be antsy for the next one. That is so strange, but I think it is unique to humans. And I think that in seasons, it offers two needs that humans have that are polar opposites, but also right there together. We need constant and predictability, but we also need change and spontaneity. Without change, life would be really, really, really boring without something predictable and constant, it would cause us to feel insecure, right? And seasons, it's so beautiful and comforting to know that winter will turn into spring and spring will turn into summer and summer will turn into fall and Christmas is always coming. There's something so special about that. And I think that holidays, even more than, um, even more than those seasons, offer that beautiful mix too. That I can count on the fact that the fourth Thursday of every November, my family is gonna gather together. We're gonna have Chris, uh, Thanksgiving lunch, dinner, whatever, what have you. And predictably, I'm gonna put gravy on top of everything. And Nick is going to turn his nose up at my pumpkin pie and not want any of it. That's predictable, but it's also different. Every, every day of the year, I don't put gravy on everything, thankfully. <laughs> That's different. It offers both predictable, but also something different. It's a different kind of a day. And um, not just those two blends of things, I think holidays also offer something really special to us. They are like landmarks that are right there in our calendar, coming around predictably, that are meant to remind us of certain things. Come 4th of July, I'm going to have my one hot dog of the year and we're gonna light things on fire, which is such a strange tradition. <laughs> Fireworks, specifically. Fireworks, fireworks. yes, not just everything, guys. It's okay. (laughs) I'm not going to go to jail or anything. (laughs) But it also, what? Yes, what? I'm I'm scared of what the thought is that it's about to come. (laughs) You know, when you've been married so long, you know exactly what your spouse is about to say. This happened to me. This is a total side note, guys. But it's just for the friends in the room and those online. Can you mute her? Just just mute that one, that mic. uh, If we can. We met up with one of our friends at Starbucks the other day and we were walking up with my kids and I turned to Emerson and I go, your dad's about to knock on the window and say, step out of the car, (laughs) ma'am. Genuinely, two seconds later, Nick knocks on the car door. She rolls down her window and he goes, step out of the car, (laughs) ma'am. That's what happens when you've been together with your spouse so long, you know exactly what they're gonna say. So that's why I was afraid what he was about to say. The good news is I get to say a whole bunch of stuff in a few minutes, and it's just going to be a roast. That's where we're going to go, because that's, <laughs> this can't keep happening. This Listen, cannot, they get to hear you can't. Sunday in and Sunday out. They don't always get to hear my, my perspective. <laughs> we, are off, we are off the rails. Uh, we are off the rails, and uh, we're going to dismiss Someday. now. We're going to go ahead and dismiss. Have a Merry Christmas, you guys. We love you so much. Um, Someday I should live tweet my thoughts during his sermons. <laughs> Tell me you wouldn't tune in for that one. Okay. (laughs) 
Where was I? Okay. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jesus. Holidays. We're so glad. They have beautiful blend of traditions, but also spontaneity and different things. <laughs> That's where I was. Novelty and tradition. Okay, so 4th of July. Yes, we're setting things on fire. We're not going to jail. That's where we were. That's where the rabbit trail happened. My point was this. Holidays offer landmarks in our calendar that should be moments where we sort of get ourselves back on track. That we can look over at the sign and 4th of July comes and we say, yeah, freedom. Oh, that's right. Most of the peoples of the world and throughout history have not enjoyed the freedom that I have. That's what it should cause us to do. Come Thanksgiving, we don't just uh, eat everything in sight. It's supposed to remind me that man, I should be grateful for all the things that I do have, not focusing on all the things that I don't have in my life. I am grateful. Wow, I am blessed. And Christmas is no different. And maybe all the more because it's many, many days. We have Advent leading up to Christmas. And some of us will celebrate Christmas for another couple of weeks. Are you with me? Yes. And um, it offers us a landmark, a time in our life where we should be saying, okay, am I about people? Am I about things? Am I thinking about and living out and saying the things that I want to be in my life? It's a little bit of a heart check. I mean, holidays, literally holy days should be times where we should stop to do a little bit of a heart check in our, in our hearts. And I want, while I have you, captive audience, before we lean towards the next moment and look forward to the next thing, if we could just pause for just a couple of moments to just do that heart check to remember that Jesus came to be Emmanuel. We just sang about it. We just said, saying earlier, let every heart prepare him room. Let's take a second to prepare room for Emmanuel. What that means is God with us. That's an astounding thought. And not just God with us, God with you. God with you in parenting. God with you in every experience joyful as you open gifts and you see delight on the little kids around you their faces of the gifts they give god with you in that moment god with you in sickness god with you in cancer god with you every single moment let's take a second to just ponder that and think about that We're not always good at silence. And for some of you, that was wildly awkward. And um, on one hand, that can be kind of a funny statement to make. But honestly, I think in our world, we get so busy or we get so inundated with, with information that sometimes even in silence, it's like throw on a Spotify playlist with my earbuds or you know, put on TV or social media. We scroll through, we play a game on our phones or whatever, and we're not good at silence. So I encourage you, while what just happened for some felt awkward, to embrace certain moments where you actually do stop to consider certain things that I think take us deeper 
than, than we typically are willing to go. So I encourage you with that. I also, just piggying, piggybacking off of what, you know, Heather was saying about, uh, you know, holy days. And, and for us, we could say sometimes the 4th of July, we reflect on our freedom or, or Thanksgiving. And while those are maybe more American holidays, I think it's encouraging to consider um, that's what God did in Israel with creating what we do call holy days, the, the festivals. Certain festivals throughout the year were moments to stop and celebrate or reflect on God's provision, God's goodness. And it was a different day. And sometimes it was actually a different spread of days, a whole week at times where they would stop and celebrate or, or honor God's goodness and come together in worship. Um, and so while it's different sort of in America or through our faith in, in, in Christianity and what Christ has done, um, I think it's important in, in a similar way that's what Israel did generation after generation, stopping on certain moments to remember who God is. Um, I also want to take a few moments and, and, and have us consider something that, that really, I wouldn't say it's the first time I've thought this, but it was something that, that I want to take us deeper maybe than, than, than we go during the Christmas season intentionally. And this is a little bit serious, but I also want you to open your hearts to, to consider what I'm about to say. As a pastor for years, there's times where I've said, you know, on Christmas or during the Christmas season, we give gifts. And part of us giving gifts is, is the reflection of God who gave the greatest gift when we go back to what Christ has done. And, and this whole idea that you read about in, in, in Mary and an and angel visiting or saying, you're going to give birth and you know, you'll be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and this virgin birth moment and the manger and, and shepherds. And even in Luke chapter two, where, where the angel shows up and, and the heavens open and there's this incredible picture that starts with, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And then today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. And the reason I bring that up, especially the Luke 2 portion and what the angels say to the shepherds is because what I think is so key is this. Yes, I believe wholeheartedly part of you and I giving gifts, wanting to be generous towards others is because God is generous towards us. But the reason I say I wanna go deeper today is I want you to consider something. I love that you and I can shop and we have people we care about and we go, man, what would my wife want this year? What would it look like to make her smile and go, wow, this is a great gift or, or our kids or those that we love or, or whatever it would be to give. Um, I love that thought. But there's a portion of it that I think we can sort of avoid that I wanna challenge us towards. And that is this, Jesus gave us, or God gave us in Christ, Jesus, the greatest gift. And for those of us that are followers of Christ and have been in church world for a length of time, we kind of already know that, right? Okay, I get it. Yeah, you say it, that sounds nice. But here's what I want you to think about. Do not let um, you giving certain gifts to people mask a deeper work that I think God would challenge us towards. In the last few years, there are a lot of things about our world that feel really polarizing. And you can get into the specifics about it, and I'm not gonna do that, but there are a lot of things that you look back on in the last few years and go, wow, never saw that, and wow, look at our world, or, or, or even how certain things have divided families. And certain people have taken certain stances on this thing or that thing or that issue or that issue. And, and because there's a certain disagreement, it doesn't just cause, a, oh, they believe that, I believe that, we're different. But, but what, it, what it's done is, well, I'm gonna keep them at arm's length. Or there's even a sense of a bitterness or an anger towards certain people in certain groups because of this stance or that stance. But here's the thing that I know. For some, it's not just because the last few years have been kind of crazy. For some, it goes back five years and 10 years and 15 and 20 years. And there are stories that I know of 
that people have said, oh, I haven't talked to them in literally some 10 and 15 years because of some dust up that, that was never resolved. And because the enemy is cunning, what happens in our stubbornness is we go, it's easier to write them off. It's easier just to call it good and be done. And I move on with my life and they go on with their lives and we just ignore. And yeah, there's the issue and there, there's not really any resolution. There's not really that word forgiveness. Here's what I wanna challenge you to. When we talk about God giving us the greatest gift in Christ, it's a gift that we're not only to receive, and by the way, to be specific, we know the gift is salvation through the work of the cross. But part of the words included in salvation is that word redemption, is that word reconciliation. And what God has done in Christ required from Jesus utter humility. In fact, some theologians would say the word humiliation applies well to what Jesus endured, humiliation. Now, I say that because here's what I think God would wanna challenge all of us in. What would it look like for you, not just to give the gift card that somebody said they wanted or the gift that you went and shopped for and found and, and are so excited for someone so to open, what would it look like for you this Christmas season to give the gift of grace towards others? to give the gift of humility towards others, to give the gift of, of what God has given you in Christ and utter love that may produce in your life the ability to reconcile things that aren't reconciled. For you to walk out forgiveness the way that God has given it to you. Because one of my concerns deeply is that what we sometimes do is operate the same way the world operates. They write people off, I write people off. They operate that way, I operate that way. Or that we can give gifts, but we know that there's tension and issues between us and others, and we mask it by, well, here's a nice gift, and we play nice, but we know there's stuff. But to instead to operate with grace like you never have before. And I believe while it can feel sometimes like a tall order, you guys, I really, really believe that is desperately what our world needs is for you and I to operate with a level of humility and with a level of grace that refuses to simply walk out pride and stubbornness and instead invites people to the table of God's grace and love because you've received it in Christ through the greatest gift that as Paul says, you and I are ambassadors of it. We receive it and then we also give it to others. And I'm gonna pray and we got a couple more thoughts we're gonna offer here. Um, and then we're gonna walk through some candles and some worship together. God, I pray that, that I, I love that we can buy gifts. And I'm really excited for my wife to open certain things, my kids to be on friends and different people open gifts and go, wow, that's awesome. I love that. But I pray that for some of us, maybe it is kind of a mask. Well, I know there's issues, but I still bought them something because that's what we do and we play nice, but there's stuff. Or maybe it's even on a deeper level, it's actually, you know what? I haven't talked to them in years or I wrote them off or they wrote me off and, and we don't have anything. And there's that dividing thing. And I pray that through the work of your Holy Spirit, you would call us into that place of grace like we know we need to be. And I pray it would level our pride. I pray it would cause us to, to have a, a, place, a place of humility in our hearts, God. That the gift you gave us it doesn't just cause us to give physical gifts that people unwrap, but the gift you gave us in humiliation literally brings us to a place of humbling ourselves towards others. And I pray it would bring healing. 
I pray it would bring reconciliation. I pray it would bring a, a newfound love and a depth in our faith that it's not just operating by how we feel, but by the surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit this Christmas season. I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. I really like the thought of specifically thinking about gifts like from the heart that we can give, not just actual physical gifts, but to think about, you know, some with adult children, knowing that your children, what they most need from you is some affirmation. And so just a word, a gift of a word to someone around you or encouragement. I really love that thought of taking some time to maybe even prayerfully with the Holy Spirit and just asking, what is it that my mom needs most this Christmas from me? What is it most that my kids need? And um, I think oftentimes, you know, our Christmases, because we're so uh, in a hurry to get things done, that it can be sort of marked with hurry and worry and grumbly and grumpy rather than the words that are on plaques and pillows and in our songs, you know, merry and bright. And as people who love Jesus and know the hope of Emmanuel with God with us, we should be the merriest and the brightest spot in the Christmas gathering of family. That we bring joy into the room. That Noel means something when we see it on the wall. It means to us a deeper meaning than just, hey, it's Christmas time. There are so many guiding words that if you're gathering with your family and you're feeling tension, tensions rise, you probably can just look up on the wall and go, oh, joy. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm supposed to have joy. Let's, let's get back on track there, too. I think that um, all of the words of Christmas are beautiful, and you'll notice it now. Maybe you haven't, but they are everywhere, and they are in every song that you hear. So many good, good words. Peace on earth joy to the world. Those are all meaningful things. Well, and for Jesse, like she's married to joy, so it's a constant, you know. Um, but she that's, is joy so that was the, the dad joke. I'm sorry. That's what I do. Um, no, I, I love that. And I, what I want to do is, is just to consider the practical nature of that idea that you see, maybe it's a, a plaque on your wall or a pillow on your couch or wherever that literally says that word joy or peace or, or Mary, or, you know, we, we titled our series this year for Christmas wonder. And we talked about over the last bunch of weeks, that idea of wonder. So to make it really practical as, as we move towards uh, lighting some candles and worshiping together, and I'm gonna talk about the candles in a moment, but, um, for you to, let's say, gather around a table and you're gonna have a meal together. And instead of looking so much at all the food and just kind of horking it down and being done with that moment and moving into presents and whatever else and the holiday comes and goes, but to literally, as you sit and look across the table, maybe at your kids or maybe at, at, at your mom or your dad or different individuals to consider and marvel and wonder at the love and the gift that God has given you in relationship. Something as simple as that. Or when you do move over to the living room where maybe you open gifts or whatever it looks like for you and you open the gift, instead of it being all about like, is this really what you wanted or did they get the wrong color? Or did you, this isn't even in the ballpark of what I like, but to stop and appreciate that somebody tried to get you something and it took them some resources and maybe even some shopping. And to go, you know what? I don't know what, maybe they get paid but for them to buy me something that takes a certain amount of hours of work to purchase this, while it's not even about whether you love it or you don't love it, but for somebody to love you enough to go, hey, 
they got me something. In fact, the joke in our family is, or for me with Heather is, I buy her gifts and I do my best and I'll go to the stores and get her the sweater, get her the shoes or whatever, the makeup, whatever. I literally say, you can take it all back. I'm not offended. I just want you to know I'm trying. Literally, I tell her, I take all of it back. I don't even care. I just want you to know that I tried. And to look through the lens of, wow, somebody was trying to be generous towards me. Again, whether you love it or you like it or you don't even like it isn't the point. As much as to stop and consider somebody got me something because they cared. So, so to look differently, to, to hear the songs of Christmas like we're gonna sing and worship to together and to really consider the phrases in the lyrics and, and, and how those impact our outlook on life or our ability to have joy or, or whatever that would be. And so when you see the words of Christmas around your house or your friend's house or your family's house, or, or you hear them in songs as you drive to wherever you're going or whatever, to really stop and reflect in a way that's healthy, not in a way that's all about me, myself and I, and maybe my, my jadedness or the emptiness or the frustration that we can easily be consumed by. And so as, as, uh, as the team makes our way, if you didn't get a candle, by the way, put your hand up in there, we'll make sure you get one. But here's what we're gonna do in a few moments. The team is gonna lead us in worship and in, in these last couple of songs that you'll know. But as we light these candles, what I wanna do is, it, I said it this way before, it's like a mini uh, bonfire in your backyard when you're having a little fire pit and maybe you're roasting hot dogs. But, but it's amazing how sometimes at the campfire when you go camping or something, that you sit and the, the, the embers are burning and the flames are going and you're just kind of thinking and your thoughts go all over the place. That's what happens to me in our backyard when we do that or we've been camping randomly. Um, but a little, little mini bonfire there with your candle. And just to stop and reflect at the words we're, we're gonna worship to together. Or reflect on what it looks like to do differently the gathering of family and the food around the table or the presents that get opened or the sparkly lights or the songs. So, so as we light these candles and we sing together in worship to reflect on those things that we're talking about for the next few moments as we move towards the end and you head to wherever you're gonna go to celebrate Christmas this season. So they're going to come down. If you need a candle, we'll get you one. But uh, Megan and the team is going to help light uh, these candles and we'll do that for each other. So there you go. Oh 
invite you to stand with us as we sing one last song this morning. listening to the Grove Church Message Podcast. To keep up to date with us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, or check us out at our website, grove.church.